You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Hello, everyone. Hope you're doing good today. Y'all look happy. Welcome online. Hope you're doing good. I'm Brian Cox, one of the pastors here, and I am curious to ask you all a question this morning. Hey there. Um, Here in this room, online, wherever you are, maybe listening later in the week, uh, I have this question for you. How many of you have someone in your life right now that is very difficult to love? Raise your hand. Don't point at them. No, don't do that. Don't message them on Facebook. So we can all agree we have that, that issue, right? I found that 2020, 2021 has created more of them, more difficult people to love, right? It seems that we're living in a crazy world, crazy, crazy, crazy world. In fact, I experienced this firsthand. Uh, I went to pick up some medicine at a local drugstore. I'll say it that way. And um, I pulled up to the window, and, you know, I'm, it's probably 40 minutes before they close, so I thought I was good, right? And I pulled up, and she opened the window. She had her mask on. You can't really tell what's going on, and she just looked at me right now. I'm going to look at you, okay? Is that okay? Just stared at me, right? I mean, I mean and I'm like, what's going on? She didn't say anything. I said, hey, how are you? She looked at me. I don't know if she'd been doing drugs. I don't know. But she was staring at me. We had this weird moment. I know we're having this weird moment right now. He's like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm sorry. But we had this weird moment. And the best way I could describe it, um, well, I'm going to offend you when I say this, okay? Are you ready? I'm going to offend you, and I'm sorry if I do. But this is kind of how I felt. You know, imagine sitting at the dinner table with some friends or family, okay, and you accidentally break wind. Okay, I didn't, I'm sorry I offended you. That's the way I felt. I'm like, you know, you're looking around like, who did that? Wasn't me. But that's the way she made me feel. I'm like, what did I do wrong? Did I do something? I said, I'm here to pick up some medicine. Shoo. Walked off. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm like, all right, okay. I'm starting to get doing like this. I'm starting to get a little attitude. Then she comes back, opens it up, name. I got one for you. <laughs> I got a good one for you. Let me spell it out. No. I said, Jesus. No, I didn't. I said, Brian. And she Brian Cox, what's that? And she said, birthday. I'm a little nervous. I, I was like, I don't know. Uh, 1126. Yeah, that's it. She's like, walked off. I mean, I'm like, I'm shaking almost because I'm just, I'm trying to be Jesus. You know, I'm trying to be nice, but I'm, I'm losing it. I'm about ready to throw something. Well, she comes back, opens the window. Hand, hands me the medicine. I said, thank you. 
walked off. Now, I'm sitting in my car, and I'm thinking, God, you better get her, because I'm about to. And I really, I'm sitting there, and I'm fuming. You know what I mean? Y'all relate to this? I am so mad. And, you know, I'm a pastor, so I have to not be mad. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen, if you didn't know. And so, what I ended up doing is absolutely nothing. I just got over it. I said, God, I'm just going to get over it. She's having a bad day. I'm going to move on. But that is not the way I feel. That's not what I want to do. I'm mad. I'm offended. I have a right to do something. Right? Do you not agree? You don't know what to say, do you? (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, should we? We'll find out in a minute. Because we're all offended all the time. You were offended before you got here today, I'm sure. Right? I offended you with my joke. Yes. You're always offended. We live in a state of offense, an age of perpetual offense all the time. Have you not noticed? I've been canceled about 100,000 times, and I don't, nobody knows me. But it's, that's the world we live in, and it's very, very difficult. And they say, due to COVID, it may take us years to get over it. Because we've had nothing but disappointment. You see this in your children. My child is just learning to be normal again. From staying at home. From all the health talk and scary things that happens. Disappointment after disappointment. And it just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And I think what's happened is taking its toll on certain people. Especially in the medical field. I can understand why she don't want to talk to nobody. People can be mean. But we live in that state of offense. How do we deal with it? What, what do we do to overcome it? Should we be that way as Christians? I don't think we should. But here we are. We're on a continual search to be offended. You will always find what you are looking for if you are searching to be offended. If you're always looking to be hurt, you will find it. If you're always looking to be offended, you will find it. You will always get what you're looking for. Have you known anyone in your life that says, I am so happy to be offended. I just love to be offended. Y'all just tell me how, also, or how bad I am. Tell me how bad I am over there. Tell me how bad I am. Yell at me. You don't have to do it. I've never heard anybody say, my life is better because I'm offended all the time, because I'm angry all the time, because I'm mad all the time. My life is so much better. I'm going to get on Facebook and tell everybody how mad I am, and my life is so much better. It is not. In fact, you're miserable. It's no fun to be offended and angry all the time. But most of us are. And being offended is inevitable, okay? You're going to be offended. But living offended is a choice. You have a choice to live offended. I had a choice that day. I could either be nice to her. What would make me feel better was to tell her what I really think. To call her a few names, right? In the Christian way. That's what made me feel better. 
Because that's where we are. And everybody here listening, that's where you are right now. You live in a state of offense. I see it when you walk in the room. You're mad at something. Somebody didn't, your husband didn't do the dishes or something. I don't know. Didn't cut the grass. I'm a perfect husband. I do all those things. <laughs> Brenda's not in here. Okay. But the way it always offended, and I find myself, if I live in that world, it's depressing, and, it, and you get, you don't have any victory in your life. It's always like this. So how do we get out of it? How do we help others? How do we help the community and the world get from COVID to victory? How do we find peace? How do we find comfort? How do we get there? Who's leading the way? Should not the church lead the way to victory, to peace, to Jesus? But we're just like everybody else. <laughs> we're just as offended. And I'm going to talk about politics in a minute. Y'all going to love that. We call it the unholy trinity. There's the holy trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And there's the unholy trinity that when you get to the dinner table, here's what you don't talk about. Politics, religion, there's the third one, science. Nine months ago, I didn't know any scientists. Well, I actually, she told me today I didn't know one. But now they're everywhere. Everybody has an idea of what we should be doing. And so we're offended all the time because of it. So, we're in this series, Peace. And so, I love that I get to do this today because I get to talk about something that's so difficult, but God is teaching me in the process all about it. And those are hard sometimes. Because I like being offended. Don't you? It's fun getting mad sometimes. But, so here's the title of this message. Help! These people are driving me crazy. Some of you in here are driving me crazy. But I'm going to help you today. We're going to look at some stuff that Paul had to say. And how can we find peace? What does that look like? So let's pray. We're going to need prayer for this, okay? So let's pray. Father, we love you. (laughs) I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds this morning to what you have to say. We ask for relationships to be healed, friends to come back together, that we'll give hope and peace with our words. I pray that you would help us learn how to do that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, let's look at what Paul had to say. Romans chapter 12. I just love this. Bless those who persecute you. Everybody say bless. Bless. Yeah. Let's see if we really mean it. Bless and do not curse. I struggled with that that day. Believe it or not. Rejoice, he's teaching us, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony, wonderful, with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. It goes on to say, do not be conceited, (laughs) do not repay anyone evil for evil, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. This is the key verse today. 
for us. Okay, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible, is it possible? I think it can be. Let's break it out a little bit, okay? Some of you that like this kind of thing here. The Greek word bless, eulogio, or eulogy, if you want to kind of get that. And it says the EU means good, okay? Logos means word. So what it's saying is good word. To speak well of, okay, bless those who curse you, bless those who persecute you. To speak well of those who hurt you. To speak, to wish the best blessings for someone who's betrayed you. To speak well of those who are mean to you. That's hard to do. And he goes on to say this, I'll give you a little bit. He said, this is a command. And you look at the Greek, it's a present imperative. And what that means is it's imperative that you do this, that you understand this is not just, I'm not just saying bless you one time. It's this continual blessing. It's over and over. You continue to hurt me, I continue to bless you. I don't forgive you once. I forgive you more than once. Twice, three times, whatever it takes, I'm continually blessing those who hurt me. I do not want to do that. It doesn't make sense, does it? It does not make sense in my mind to love those who hurt me, to bless those who hurt me. That does not make sense. Some of you have been hurt really, really, really bad. And for me to say this to you, you're like, you have no idea what you're asking me to do I get it I'm just telling you what Jesus in the Bible is telling us to do if you want peace and you want freedom learning to forgive and bless those that hurt you that is the pathway to it to victory I tell you I have this uh, you might can relate to this this little dark side of me no, the staff over here is nervous, what I'm going to say. But this dark side of me that when something bad happens to somebody I don't like, I'm kind of happy about it. Mm. Y'all agree? Take your halos off for a minute. You know you agree with that. When, when your team, with the team you don't like loses, you're like, yeah. Well, that's probably different, but... When someone has hurt you really bad and they get what's coming to them, that's right, God, you got them. You got them, God. We like it. I'll, I'll relate it like this. Y'all ever seen Christmas Vacation? Of course you have. Hopefully, if you haven't, I'm sorry. There's a scene where he's driving the truck or the car with the family. A truck comes up behind him. You know, I love that scene. Well, I had that. Similar experience going to the beach one year. I'm driving 85. I'm already breaking the law. You have to drive 85 to the beach, right? Or 90. My daddy's 95. So I'm just like, I cannot really go any faster, okay? And this guy is on my bumper at 85 miles an hour. I'm losing it. I mean, 
You know road rage. I talked to somebody this morning. They're like, I can't help it. I'm just mad all the time. I get in the car. I hate everybody. I get it. And I'm just like, I'm not moving over. I'm not doing it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm not moving over. Here you go. Here's your sign. I didn't do that. Finally, I moved over, and Brenda's like, stop it. You're going to kill us, just like the movie. You're going to get us killed. Luckily, there wasn't no truck I went under. When he goes by me, and I'm just like, "Mm." praise God. So when I get on down the road, he's pulled over, and the light's going. And I ride by him. I slow down and go, (laughs) no, I didn't do that. I didn't. I wanted to so bad, but I was grinning. You get him. You get him. You go highway patrol. (sighs) But I liked it. That's not right, I guess. I don't know why I shared that. But I I guess to understand that we all feel this. We all are offended. We're all (laughs) constantly in that state of, I don't know, anger. I don't like that. I want to love the guy that's on my bumper, but I don't know, God. That's asking a lot. Maybe I can love him. I just don't like him. You know? Well, let's put it all together. Okay, now you understand. We all understand that we are all these offended people sitting here this morning and watching online. We're all just really mad all the time. So what do we do about it? Well, I'm going to help you with what Paul says. This is really, really cool what he's talking about. On chapter 12, before he even begins the book, the first verse of chapter 12, he gives you context. The context is a way that you can actually understand it. Okay? That everything that's said afterwards, you can make sense of. Okay? So here's what he did. In view of God's mercy, let's stop right there. In view of God's mercy, what did God do for you? What has God done for you? What has God done for me? He gave everything for me. He gave his life for me. He forgave me when I shouldn't be forgiven. He did not give me what I deserved. He loved me when I was unlovable. He's still loving me. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm mad and offended and angry, he loves me. What he's saying, in view of what God did for you, I want you to look at it from that point of view from here on out, what I have to say. That's what Paul's saying. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, that's a little confusing for some people. Living sacrifice, that's a little contradiction. A living sacrifice is something dead. So I thought about it this way. Back in those days, they would sacrifice animals. If you were to line the animals up and let them volunteer... Get me, get me. They probably wouldn't do that. See, they were not a willing sacrifice. The way I understand it, the Lamb of God, which is Jesus Christ, was the sacrifice, the living sacrifice. He said, I give my life freely. You don't take it. I'm giving it to you because this will save the world. He was a willing sacrifice. And he's saying, in view of what God did there, okay, how do we love others? We lay our lives down for them. 
We lay our lives down. Not my way. We love our enemies. We love those that hurt us. Love those that betray us. How do we do that? We lay our agenda down. We lay our way down. This is not easy to do, and it's very hard to, to imagine what has happened to some of you, how you could ever, ever forgive and lay your agenda down. But he's saying, in view of what God did for you, this is how you live your life. This is how we overcome the world with peace. Because the love is more powerful of God. It's more powerful than anything you could possibly imagine. It will change your heart in an instant. It will turn anger into love in an instant. It will. I've seen it happen. But it won't happen if we're mad and angry all the time. We have to understand what Paul's saying here. All right, I'm going. Holy and pleasing to God. A lot of us think holy means I'll come to church. Okay, y'all did it. Y'all good today. Check it off. Came to church. Okay, I watched online. Good. We're happy for you. Love you out there. You know, I read my Bible. We sang some worship songs. That, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, I'm not talking about the, the task of religion. And those things are, are good. He said, I'm talking about if you want to please God, do you want to please God? Anybody? You want to please God? You want to please God online? I'm going to tell you how to do it right here. In view of God's mercy, lay down your life for others. That's how you please God. I ain't doing that. Can I say it? I ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. This is your true and proper worship. This is, this is such, just one little scripture is amazing what it tells us. This is your true and proper worship. You know, we worship songs this morning. That was wonderful. We got the best band in the world, don't we? Worship guys, awesome. Love them. I know y'all back there over here somewhere. But he's saying if you want to, you know what true worship is? Get this, guys. Get this. True worship is you laying down your life for someone. True worship is not your agenda. It's God's agenda. True worship is loving people that don't love you. It's easy for me to like you or be nice to you if I like you. There's a lot of people I struggle with. That have hurt me. But I'm preaching to myself this morning. And I, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to comprehend. But I do think it's life-changing when we get this. That Jesus gave his life and he said, God, they do not know what they're doing. But I love them and I'm going to give my life. They can beat me. They can put me on the cross. But I'm giving my life for them. And it changed the world. So you want to change the world? You want to change your community? Change where you work or go to school? Lay your life down. Brian. You can make a difference. We can show the world peace. But we've got to do the hard thing. (laughs) We've got to do the difficult thing is lay our lives down. In view of God's mercy. I heard an old preacher say at one time, I am crucified with Christ. You like that? (laughs) Nevertheless, I live. I don't know who this voice is. No longer I, but Christ who lives within me. I don't have no idea where that came from. But what he's saying that, you know, we don't live. Christ lives within us. That's where the power comes from. You allowing Christ in you 
to love people. I don't have the power in me ever to love people that hurt me. I need Jesus Christ. I need the Holy Spirit in my heart working on me and reminding me when I pull up to the window (laughs) to smile at that person that hates me. You have the power through Jesus Christ to change the world. We do. As a church, as the believers, he goes on to say this. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Do not be conceited. Do not be proud. Okay, this is the conceited side. Do not be conceited. Do not be proud. And I'm not really pointing anybody out. Maybe you. Do not be conceited. Do not be proud. Let me say it one more time for those who think I'm talking about somebody else. I'm talking about you. Listen. Do not be proud. Do not be conceited. And in the Greek language, it says it this way. This is so cool. Do not be proud. Do not be conceited. Okay? I think the church needs to learn this lesson. And I'm talking to myself too. We go around and we're proud and conceited in Jesus' name. We go around and we say things and we think we're right all the time. So we scream, 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 we're right all the time. I'm right. I'm right. I'm going to get on Facebook and I'm going to tell you tonight that I am right. And you are wrong. All of you can go to hell. Sorry I offended you. But that's what we're doing as a church. If we're not careful. We we think we got to be right. But you know, Jesus never called us to be right. He called us to be loving. He didn't say you had to be correct. He never said that. You have to be loving. You have to lay down your life for people. I have a friend. And I'm just going to keep going here. I have a friend that, quite frankly, known him for years, years. I mean, I won't tell you how old I am. Many years. And... He's had a, a lot of tragedy in his life, and it's affected him. And he's tried church all his life. He's tried church. Didn't work out. And I have dinner with him occasionally, and basically you can tell in his spirit, he hates you, <laughs> the Christian community. He, hate, he doesn't hate me, but he don't like what I do. He don't trust us. He don't trust the community. He thinks they're mean. And I hear this all the time. And this is where it's going to get a little offensive for you. Okay? I have conservative friends over here that scream all the time about liberals cannot be Christians. Okay, then I have liberal friends over here 
who say, how could a Republican or a conservative love Jesus as mean as they are? It's gotten quiet already. I think what needs to happen, church, whoever, whatever political state you're in, you need to get out of your small, pathetic world. You need to need to come back and understand what really matters is Jesus Christ. That we need to understand that loving people is the way to peace. You can have your views. You have your right. What I'm saying is what Paul said. If we want to change the world, we need to start loving the world. I'm not talking about loving them through Facebook. We're not really good at that. We love to scream. We love to complain. But we don't love people. And I want to love people. I want to be able to do that. Don't you? Don't you want to see the world change? Do you not want your kids to grow up in a world that's, that understands Jesus? Do you not y'all, do y'all agree with that? Yeah? And I'm not trying to offend anyone. If you're in any of those, I'm sorry. I'm just making a point that what matters is that we lay down our lives so people can find Jesus. Because he changes it. All right. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to keep going. I read the other day that counselors say that we tend to make up stories for things we don't understand. Okay? This is kind of what I'm getting at. Uh, like, I like to work, on, work at night or work on my message. Okay? Well, Brenda will call me, which is my wife, Brenda. She'll call me. And I'm like, um, I didn't hear the phone, okay? Really. I didn't hear the phone. I'm working. Didn't think about it. Well, she's getting mad because she thinks I'm ignoring her. Really, Brenda? Yes. You're ignoring me. You're not paying attention to me. You're not answering your phone. Well, I don't know what's happening to you. Where have you? I mean, and see, and I'm like, well, I'm doing something good over here. I'm working on my message. I'm working for Jesus. You need to get over it. No, guys. What happens, we tend to make up stories, our brain's programmed to make up stories to protect ourselves. So what happens is, Brenda's, I tend to rationalize my intentions, but I judge you off your actions. So we have these accusations going around all the time in our families and our lives and on Facebook and wherever. And the devil, let me tell you, he's working in you right now with that story and that accusation because he is the author of confusion. And he wants your, your stories to be rooted in accusations. Jesus wants your stories rooted in love. Brent always says this to me. Always believe the best, Brian. That lady had a bad day. It wasn't you that she was mad at. Don't start making up stories. Because Satan loves to do that in your marriages. It destroys churches, guys. I can't tell you how many churches I've seen destroyed because somebody told a story that wasn't even true. And they assumed something about me or assumed something about pastors which is not even true. That's what Satan does. That's what he's doing to you every day. You've got to realize that. So how do we do this? Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of love. We've got to learn to be patient 
That's very hard to do. I love this. Because your life is too short and your calling is too great to be offended by something so small. Imagine if Jesus got offended. Thought about this. Y'all watch The Chosen? Some of you? It's so funny because Jesus is he's so real in that. I just thought about it. Jesus is up there and he's preaching, blessed are those who inherit the earth. And Matthew and John are in the back of the room talking. He's like, y'all need to stop talking. I'm preaching. Or he goes and he heals like 10 people. He says, I healed all them people and nobody told me thank you. What's wrong with him? Can you imagine Jesus being that way? No, you cannot. Because of his love. He loves us so much. And this is so powerful. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook offense. So how do we do this? We learn to let go. We learn to form forgiveness in the moment. I want you to try this today as you go home. As you pull up at the drive-thru or wherever. Form forgiveness. You might want to think about it before you get there. Let it go. The Hebrew word is avor. means to pass over. That means we're greater than that, guys. We're, we're here. The world is doing this, and we're riding along with the world. We're just like them. But no, we're here. We, we do things differently because God has called us to something greater. We don't need to be offended all the time. We need to show the world what? Love, not loser. Love, okay? We need to show the world love. I'm going to tell you something, what, what happens. heard this. This is great. When you don't get over things, I heard a pastor share this the other day. Call it the cheese story. Where um, <laughs> this, their father-in-law was sleeping in the chair. And he has a mustache, okay? So the kids thought they'd play a joke. And they walk over and they put cheese on his mustache. Just wipe it on. I don't know what it was. Blue cheese or whatever. I hate that stuff. So he wakes up and he's like, man, something stinks. What is going on? Then, then he walks into the kitchen. Man, something stinks over here. And he walks into the bedroom. He's like, man, what is going on? Something stinks. Then he walks outside, and he's going, man, it's even out here. Everything stinks. That's exactly what unforgiveness and offense does to you. It stinks you up pretty bad. It sticks with you. We have to let it go. So we're eating cheese at lunch today. Think about that. You've got to let it go. You've got to get over it. You've got you to be over it. See, Brenda makes fun of my sneezing. You want me to do it for you? No, I won't. She does. She makes fun of my sneezing, and it hurts my feelings. I'm kidding. But really, think about it. Apply this at work. Apply this at the mall today or wherever you're. Try to think about how I can get over these things and let God love. I'm going to show you a great picture. Do you love that? That's me and Brenda. That's me and Brenda in our 80s outfit. Isn't that great? Oh, they put it up there. Look at that. Don't you love my hair? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a rocker right there. Well, I put that up because I, some people asked me, they said, Brian, how in the world did you marry Brenda? How did you get her to marry you? 
I think they were implying there was something wrong with me. I'm not quite sure. But I said, well, I told her I won the lottery. No, I didn't. I didn't. That wouldn't have worked. Well, honestly, my mom prayed her into my life. My mom prayed every day. She wrote it down for the kind of woman she wanted me to marry. And her prayers were answered. Thank God. And I'm blessed with her so much. But we have our moments. You know, we're like, y'all have such the best marriage. I said, yeah, we do. We have a great marriage. Yeah. Best ever. And I'm being serious. But we have those moments where we have, I would call, um, constructive uh, conversations. That's kind of a pastor's term for arguing. And, but we'll have these arguments and... Most of the time, she's right, okay? But there's moments where we just disagree, and it's, we just can't seem to see eye to eye, and we're like, I just, <clears throat> I just wish she'd get it together, you know? Or she wishes I'd get it together. But what happens is all of that that happens, and you know what I'm talking about, it's always with this premise or this umbrella of love within it. Well, there's going to come a point where we know we love each other more than we care about the argument. And... That's what I think. Love doesn't seek to win the argument. Argument. Love seeks to protect the relationship. It's very important that we get offended that love is the ingredient we can win with. If it is possible, as far as it is, depends on you, again, live at peace with everyone. Let me say it again. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you. Depends on me. Live at peace with everyone. I got one more thing to share with you, and then we'll be done. Uh, This past week, a very dear friend of ours, one of our members here at church, been coming for a long time, and um, she lost her life this week. And... Me and Brennan were talking about it, and I, I, I debated to share it, but I felt like what she would want you to know, <laughs> what she would want you to hear, what I'm saying today, is that life is too short. Our calling is too great to live offended. This, so while we're here, this is our chance, okay? I think she would tell you, this is your chance. This is your chance to make it right. Whatever you got to deal with today, relationships, family, this is your chance. I don't want to be looking back at my life and say, boy, I wish I'd have loved. I wish I'd have forgiven. I wish I'd have made a difference like that. Our life is too short. Our calling is too great. So I'm I'm just going to ask that today that God show you where can I love, where can I forgive. Whatever that offense that's got you down, God's willing to take it 
and give you peace. Whatever situation, he can give you peace. And I think that's what she would have wanted today if she was here to let you know don't let life go by without take care of it now love now love while you have the chance to love now's your time okay let's stand up for a minute and you just bow your heads if you've got that you can bow your heads and close your eyes. If you got somebody, or are you dealing with an offense or unforgiveness or somebody's hurt you in any way, I just want you to raise your hand. I know it's probably a lot of us in here. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I want to pray, pray a special prayer for you. I'd say, Father, and you can let them down if you want now. I'd say, Father, I just, I just want to pray for them right now. That you would begin to work in that situation, in their heart, in their mind, that you would give peace give direction, give them the ability to overcome and overlook. I pray that your spirit would work in their hearts and you begin, begin to give comfort right now. Now, some of you in here today, you may not know Christ. Some of you watching online, you may not know Jesus. But I want to give you the opportunity to accept him today. The peace that passes all understanding he wants to give you. And if you'd like to receive him, you can pray this with me. Okay? Say, Father... I am a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I pray that you would come to my heart and save me. Make me a new person. I give my life to you. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for giving me the peace in my life. I love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.